you would think it's enough for us to have to deal with the current economic crisis and the downturn in the job market. But no, we also have to deal with scammers, people preying on those who are already having a hard time, trying to be hopeful about their future and trying to overcome the challenges of what this time has brought upon us. Yeah, AJ and I are talking about scammers today and some of the ways that people can avoid them. What we're talking about, scams. There are a ton of different scams out there. There are financial scams. Let's talk about Ponzi schemes or not. But when we're talking about just the job market in itself, first of all, it makes me mad. When you're scamming people to take advantage of the job market, people who have lost their jobs or people looking for jobs, it's another level of, please don't let me run up on you in the street because I'm hitting you in the throat. That's how it makes me feel. Have you been scammed before? Job market scammed? No. I mean- Attempt? Yeah, the attempt's been, I mean, it's actually happened in the last couple of months. It's very prevalent like Darlene. I mean, the one thing I got to say is that you got to be some kind of special to try to beat down somebody while they're already down. I get those scammy calls every day. Be careful because they'll start calling you and they'll start telling you things like, if you give us all your utility bills information, we'll cut the bill in half. And you kind of ask them, well, how are you able to do that? And they can't give you that explanation. Or let's just say, for instance, the job market thing. You get an interview request, you get on, you feel like everything is good during the interview, and then you start getting these weird, if it doesn't feel right, don't do it. Especially the kids that are coming out of school and they don't necessarily know what the processes of being hired or onboarded are. Ask your parents, ask your other friends, ask other people within your community. What they're doing with some of these scams is, is they just want your social security number. They want your identity. And after that, they can do whatever they can to take everything from you. Specifically talking about job market scams, because I do believe there is a whole identity scam, but I feel like the job market scam, yes, they want your money. They want your identity. When people are scamming, they're just scamming for whatever they can get. One of the things that I see is you're right. If it doesn't feel right, then more than likely it's not right. This is where we talk about how do you research? The interesting thing about scammers is <laughs> good ones will set up the back end, but still, just because they set it up to look bright and shiny doesn't mean that they haven't made a flaw. They haven't made a mistake because they're going to forget something. Let's say they're part of the Zoom organization. They don't know that organization well. So this is where I always tell people, I always look at the company. I go to the company's webpage. I go to their annual report. I look at their press releases and I look at their leadership. And then I'll look at LinkedIn and I'll look at a list of people who work for their company. You have to do some research. And again, we can't say this enough. If it feels too good to be true, it probably is. And if it's mm-hmm. quick, we know the opposite side of it, that some interviews can take a long time. Yep. Some of them don't. For the last company we worked for, it was a week, but I was talking to different people over that week and I researched them to make sure that they were who they were. If you get a request for an interview, the interview is for tomorrow. And then you have an offer by the end of the day. 
or mm -hmm. the next day and you're interviewing typically with one person, that's very suspect to me because you would have to at least interview with the recruiter and the hiring manager. That would be my, yep. my take. A hiring manager is not going to be doing the onboarding. Nope. They, you're going to be talking to someone <laughs> from human resources to talk about onboarding, to talk about your benefits, or you're going to talk to someone else within the organization, typically human resources, uh, from the offer standpoint. If you're talking to one person, to me, that's a flag. That's a big old red flag. The individuals that have been working for a while. You'll be able to smell this out. Even if you've been without a job for a long amount of time, don't let that get the best of you. There are some people out there that are putting up false job descriptions. They're putting up all these different things. And all they're wanting to do is start aggregating resumes so they can call a schedule with each and every person that applies to the job. Do the research of the company. Start looking at people that are going to be in the department. Let's just say you start getting on an interview and within 20 minutes, the interview's done. And then the next thing you know, you get another email, like you were talking about an offer. That's not happening these days. I will promise you that it is just. That hadn't happened for forever. That hadn't happened in over 20 years. Oh, well, I, I can't say that because it has happened to me once. It, it did maybe kind of raise my eye for a second. But they were just... a different type of organization. And we have to exactly. take that in consideration as well. What type of company yeah. is it in what industry? The reason it came in it, the way it did for me is, is that it came with a heavy background and a heavy referrals base. They did their research even before they contacted me for the opportunity. And it's not like I just did a virtual call. Like I went into an office setting, sat down, I saw people working there. And then by the time I went back down to my car, there was an offer being made to me. So different because it was a referral different yep. because it was in person a lot of different factors where it's different not what we've been doing of late with so much being online i hate to say it but generally if you're having a virtual meeting with somebody and if you feel that it's very fishy check the ip address of the person that you connected with because zoom will tell you or any of these virtual meeting platforms will tell you if you log back in and look at the source It'll tell you what the IP address of that person was. And a lot of times it also tells you where they connected from. If they're not in the same country or they say they're from one place, but they're showing something else, that's a red flag. Another red flag is how are they connecting to you via an online interview? Are yep. you on Zoom? Are you on Microsoft Teams? Or do you have to connect to some new, I'm doing my air quotes here, some new messaging service that you've never heard of. You have the tried and true, and there mm -hmm. are some that aren't popular, but that companies use. But again, if you get an email and they say we're connecting via this messaging service, you should be looking up the company anyway, but also check out the messaging service and don't just research it. You have to dig deep. You have to go beyond the first page of the search results. And here's another thing. If you're being asked for money oh. to start working somewhere, think about that for a second. You want me to pay you to employ me in order for me to get money. Like, how does that make any sense? More to that, you want me to buy my own equipment. You're going to send me a check to buy my equipment. Uh, what kind of, what, who are you? No, no, that's not happening. No, thank you. That's, so that's ridiculous. I know a couple of people that this happened to personally, where they went through the process a little bit further. One of them was my brother. Luckily I was around when this was going on. He even felt like something's off. So essentially he applied to a job. 
Next thing you know, within 20 minutes of him applying for a job, he got an interview request. Mm-hmm. And the interview request was through a chat box. It, it wasn't even like he spoke to anybody. Everything was working through text, chat. And then all of a sudden, they were talking about some role that was completely out of his wheelhouse. So he kind of figured, like, he's like, man, this doesn't even make any sense. Another thing happened to another friend and former colleague of mine. She went through the interview process. And this one was very to the point, like you were talking about. They've gotten extremely professional with the way they do it. They had even a Zoom call, had a lady come on that was wearing a suit jacket and everything else. But it made her feel like something's off because within like 15 minutes of her being off the call, there was an interview or an offer being thrown at her and they were looking for all this personal information and saying something else. Pump the brakes. I know right now everybody wants a job and everybody's just trying to make some decisions. But even when you're filling out paperwork, if there's something in the like read the paperwork. Previously, you would get the onboarding material from an organization. You wouldn't think twice because it was exactly the same as something else that you've done in the past. You'd fill it out, boom, you'd get there, and then you'd start in a couple of weeks after the, like the backgrounds and things were done. Now, they're actually trying to get a power of attorney over you, all kinds of crazy stuff, where they can make legal decisions based on your behalf, and then they can show some accreditors, hey, I've got power of attorney. I can apply for this on their behalf. And so it still is legal within the realm. At the end of the day, Scamming is still theft. It's theft. When you're taking something from someone else that does not belong to you by unethical means or by force or by trickery, it's theft. I think the word scam started out because there were different levels. It's the same thing, con, confidence game, grifter, all of it falls under theft and fraud. When we're talking about scam, especially in the job market, the other one that I've gotten, and I and I know where I know where it comes from, and I'm, I want to talk about this as well. But I will get an email. It goes into my spam filter. Oh, red flag! And it's someone who is contacting me about, and it's the same. It's not the same company. Different people, but the same gist, same position about uh, a logistics position. Mm-hmm. Where in the universe of Nicole (laughs) is there anything regarding logistics on anything I, I write about? It's not on my resume. It's not in my previous experience. What are you talking about, about logistics? It just doesn't sit. And so it's very interesting that they'll try it. And they try it because number one, people aren't necessarily aware. Sometimes we are, we will take anything, but Mm -hmm. I just think, what, what? The other thing that I look at, and I, I have an issue now because back in the day, you could actually look at the headers of an email and it would give you a lot more information than it does now. Those headers gave me so much information about who is sending. But I also look at the email address. I always look at the email. If your email is Gmail or Hotmail or Yahoo or or me.com or whatever, but you're coming from a company, that's another red flag. And I actually have a red flag for companies and I'll segue into sales in a minute because the way people approach, they don't recognize that they're coming off very scammy. But if your email is one thing, but the company URL is something else, I have issues. 
I want to know why. And I know sometimes they've probably progressed over to a corporate domain and they probably have several different email addresses. That's a huge flag. So anyone contacting you via a source or a recruiter contacting you, it goes into spam, looking at their email address and the job is nothing related to anything in your wheelhouse or even adjacent to your wheelhouse. We have an issue there. With the email address today, I can give a little bit of leeway towards that because there's a lot of freelance recruiters and TA people out there right now that are just, they can't afford a lot mm. of different things. That's that's, a good, that's a good point. If they're freelancing for a company, they should tell you, hey, I'm a freelance recruiter and I'm representing blah, blah, blah. But if they're a freelance recruiter and they don't tell you that they're representing someone and they act like they're working for that company and even after you ask them that, hey, are you freelancing or what's going on? And then they still don't tell you the truth. That's another red flag, like we were saying. See, and that's yeah. the other thing. If you go through an interview process and you ask certain questions and they're not able to answer those for you, and I'm not talking about... Yeah, they deflect. There's a, there's an issue. When have you ever taken a job where you don't know what you're going to be doing? Whenever you ever signed up for something that you have no clue of what's happening, like it makes no sense. And a lot of people right now are just ready to get back to work. They're, they're at their ends financially. There's a lot of different things that are going through the, their minds. And these individuals that are out there stealing, I don't even want to call it a scam because it's, it is what it is. They're taking advantage of a person's situation that inherently they're at the bottom already mentally, physically, financially, and now they want to break them even more. Be very careful. Don't just sign up on something, especially if it's, like you said, too good to be true. There's a big problem out there right now. One thing everybody needs to understand is, is when there is a massive economic downturn, like the one we're dealing with right now, these types of individuals come out of the woodwork and, and it becomes more prevalent. Sometimes it's because of necessity. Because they themselves having to do it. But here's the thing. If you want to be ethical and you want to be moral about your day-to-day -day and your own personal life, don't do these types of things. Eventually, this is going to catch up to you, no matter what. There's a lot of different types of scams out there right now. Like I told you, I get a call daily about these companies calling me about reducing my utility bills or all my bills by half. I just have to put my money into their account and then they're going to pay my bills. Like, well, what is that? How does that make any sense, man? And a scam doesn't necessarily have to be unlawful. These people could sometimes be representing a certain company. Like you said, sales scams. You feel like you're getting something, but you get something else. That is also a scam and it's still theft because it's a misrepresentation of what you were actually receiving. There's a lot of that happening right now. Just be very weary about what you're signing up for. Before I jump into and talk about sales scams, I want to talk about websites. I want to talk about mm -hmm. websites and I want to talk about the application process and the talent network. There are some sites and I'm not going to name them. They do a good job in advertising job postings. I like that. However, and this comes from my background in the online job board world, starting out, we did create a resume database and every, typically every job board has a resume database where a lot of scams are happening these days. People pay for the resume database to find resumes and try to target specific people. Ultimately, they have a database of people who are searching and I don't want to take it away from these various job boards, but don't make it a necessity for a job seeker to add their resume to your job board, to your database, because 
you really aren't filtering out who's coming in and paying for access. I'm not going to talk about some of those companies because there are several, but the same thing with LinkedIn. I'm using LinkedIn because they are the primary now for how people upload their information. The database is there. So people can contact you through LinkedIn, but they still have to pay to do that. The other, I am going to call this one out because this one is, while they may not think they're scamming, they're definitely scamming people. And I'm saying scamming. If you are a company, a legitimate company, but you're posting jobs that are not open, you are stepping into a position of a scammer. Because what you're doing lacks integrity and it really is affecting your brand for whatever reason. If you think that you're doing this to try to gather and build your talent network, your talent database, here's the other piece of it. To possibly sell to someone else later on, yeah, issue. We can talk about the fake job postings that scammers are posting. But we also need to talk about the fake job postings that companies are posting or that information is not complete. We talked about this before with remote, remote, but it's in Chicago. It's not really remote. We want you to be in the Chicago area. Then say Chicago area, because ultimately that is unethical to put it that way. I think it's just a misrepresentation of words and what they're using. Yes, but again, it misrepresents what the role actually is. If they're doing it intentionally, it's unethical. Well, yeah. Here's the thing. A lot of people don't really understand what re true remote is. Like me and you do, because I've been doing it for the last seven years now. Technically, I could work from anywhere within the continental U.S. And then there's certain people or certain organizations that want remote, and I'm putting my quotations up, because there's still a certain level of you having to go on site every now and then. Which but is like, hybrid. Yeah, which is hybrid, yeah. right? Like, well, what, exa what exactly does that mean? Do you want me to come in once a week? Do you want me to come in once a month? And if it's a once a month type of thing, why can't I be in, let's say the role's in Chicago and I'm living in California, I could hop on a plane for a day, fly over, come yeah. back. Then that's um, travel. That's still remote. Yeah. That's available availability exactly. to, for travel. But I do believe that it's still, anytime a company is doing anything that's misrepresenting what the position is or even pay or location, and I've seen a number of these positions listed, they don't want to think of themselves as scammers. But in all honesty, they are no different than some of the people out here who are trying to get people to respond and get something from them. If you're doing something to get something that's not the true intention of what the person that you're reaching out to expects and you're misrepresenting that, yeah, it's a scam. Mm -hmm. Same thing. There no, are a lot of fake job on. lists. Fake job listings out there from companies. We know this from being in talent acquisition. We understand that you can post something and then the position is closed, whether they hired someone or they just pull the requisition because the role is not needed or they don't have budget for it or a reorg. We get that. Then pull the position down off your job boards close it out. There are quite a few companies that are listing jobs that I don't know they're really open. To. You can't tell me that you can't find anyone because there are plenty of people on the market. 
So it makes me, again, very weary of what, what they're up to. I mean, look, even in my realm, you see a job open for three months. You see the same role open for six months. It's one of two things happening. They really don't have that role open and they're putting out the facade of, hey, we're still hiring to kind of show that they're growing. Scam. Which is, again, a misrepresentation of what your business really is. Because at that point, you're not really scamming a person applying for the job, but you're, you're, you're misrepresenting your organization to your investors. You're misrepresenting your organization to the broader market. And you're giving out false hopes to people that could potentially be looking for a job. The other piece is, is like you said, they're just trying to aggregate resumes to when they do have an opening, they can look at their internal database. But let's be real, man. Nobody does that. If you're, if you're trying to hold on to a person's resume for more than six months, let's even push it to a year. Their set of skills could have changed within that time. They could have mm. like upgraded themselves. They could have moved into a different sector. All kinds of things happen. Right. I never either coming from the agency side or even being on the corporate side. I never understood why, why there was such an emphasis on building out your own database, especially within this realm. Well, right. if you're not, especially if you're not going to use it, there's a benefit if you are going to use it. But if you aren't, then don't do it. Don't and don't well, even, even say it. Even if you if you do have a database built out, at that point, the only thing that is actually worth anything in that database is the person's contact information. That's it. The relevant skills after a certain period of time is no longer relevant to the role that you're looking for. It may not be because if they are in a specialized area, let's just say someone applies to a company, they applied based on their job, they ended up going to another company and they may not be happy about that new company. So then if the first company responds back, they may be interested. I can see a benefit to it, but it really, I would like for those departments, those recruiting and talent acquisition departments and HR to be very honest with themselves and say, are you going to look within your database? If you aren't, then don't even include it in that email, that rejection email. It's yeah, not, I mean, it's, it's not just, worth it. And here's the other thing. This isn't really a scam, but let's say I apply for something and then you're telling me my set of skills and, and I know I'm qualified for the role. If you send out an email to me telling me that, you know, we've taken a look at your qualifications and you, although they are impressive, we have decided not to move forward. Why? I don't understand what's happening right now in the world of job. I mean, I do. When you're sending out a, a generic template or something like that, and I get it, there's a lot of people that apply and you want to make sure that they're all informed that they've been rejected, whatever else. But if it doesn't make sense, it's still enough to piss somebody off. And it's not going to make sense to the job seeker, especially those that know that their skills and not just their skills, what they've done aligns with probably sometimes equal to or more than that position. If it's more, let me know it's more. Or if you think that my pay or my salary request is going to be higher than what you, then just say that. But that is a misrepresentation as well. The other area, and this is not a scam, I believe that it was designed this way to save time and probably because of the industry. But what I've noticed with several government entities that I've applied to is in the application process, they will, requ they will require a social security number for you to complete the application process. And I believe this is antiquated. It's an old process that hasn't been updated. Even some mm -hmm. universities require the same thing. That's something that they need to look at. 
They need to look at it for a number of reasons, because unless you have a security measure that's really, and this is something we need to talk about as well, if your security measure doesn't cover and doesn't protect those applicants' information, then you're at fault. And we've we've seen how we, security is becoming a bigger issue and not just a bigger issue, but a class action is, issue, lawsuit issue. So if you're asking for this information, make sure that it's protected, but also explain why. In all honesty, at this point, why do you really need it? Does it reduce the onboarding process? Typically it doesn't. I think it adds even more, you have more levels to it. So why are you asking for that personal information? Why are you asking for home addresses in the application process? I mean, we've taken them out our resume, thank goodness, and only leaving city and state. So why in the application process are you including a request for a person's street address? You don't necessarily need that in the application process. And again, if you aren't protecting that information, then there's a problem. A lot of times that's just an optional thing. Like, don't put that in if it's not required. I'm seeing it more required. And I think it's required because somebody, and we've talked about this before, somebody hasn't gone into their system to really do a check to see why. Well, that's that's a problem in itself. Just going back. Uh, when we're talking about the whole scamming overall, and I'm going to continue to call it scams because there's so many words to it. In the beginning, it's a scam. Once they've taken either money, your information, then it's theft and fraud. So in the beginning, that action is a scam. On the back end is fraud and theft. And it's hard to, typically it can be hard to find who's doing it. We want to just impress, pay attention. Don't mm-hmm. move so fast through the process or be so excited about getting a response without doing your due diligence. We'll always say, do your due diligence because without it, it's easy to face some some hardships. And one of those includes unlawful unlawful gathering of your personal information and who you are. Be careful. Yeah, that's the easiest way to say it is just be careful for sure. Any other thoughts about scamming, especially in the job market? Here's another thing about scams. Scams could also be a deflectionary tactic in order for you to pay attention to one thing and make you not look at something else. They'll make you look at something else thinking you're going to get something and then divert your attention so you're not paying attention to what they're really doing. I did want to say really quickly with sales. The reason I wanted to include sales and and scams, first of all, be honest. Be honest about what you're doing because ultimately it affects the, just like anything, it affects the brand. How you reach out to people, if you are a salesperson, consider how you reach out to people because you can be coming across very scammy. If you are looking for business, and you're automatically adding people to your database that they haven't opted in, it really is not their responsibility to opt out because we know that when they opt out, you then have a confirmation that it's their email address. But if you're adding someone, there are laws around opting in to receive information. And if you don't know that, 
I suggest you go and look it up. And if you're also a salesperson, think about how you're reaching out to people. Are you smarmy? Are you honest? I've gotten something like, oh yeah, I'm checking back in with you. We connected before. No, we didn't. Know that there are a lot of savvy people out there, savvy business owners, savvy leaders within organizations. Yeah, they may be the perfect contact or you see an alignment with what they do and purchasing what you're offering, but think about how you're coming across and would it work for you? That's what I wanted to add about the sales piece. We'll probably talk about that one at a later date and go into more detail because there are a lot of salespeople out there that haven't gone through true sales training. And we know everyone's a salesperson, but how you sell, especially on LinkedIn, how you connect with people on LinkedIn and other in other areas, think about it because it can be detrimental to who you are and the company that you work for. There are a lot of companies that people have reached out to me. I will never do business with them, whether as in my own company or as an employee of another in a leadership decision-making position of another, just because of how they come across. No way. Absolutely not. Again, if it doesn't feel right, don't sign up for it. So what's the lesson? If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Make sure you do your due diligence. And hey, if you haven't done so already, do you know that we include resources for each episode in the episode notes? And for this episode, we've included some resources on stories of how people have gotten scammed in the job market, and then some tools and resources for you to reference to make sure you're not one of them. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to Tip That Scale. And make sure, as always, to follow us on Instagram and yes, it's Twitter. Twitter.